Welcome to the Beeson Podcast coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I am Doug Sweeney here with my co-host Kristen Padilla and today we continue with our series on the podcast called Christian Faith at Work. We're interviewing members of the Beeson community who are seeking to advance the reign of God in business and the professions. Kristen will introduce today's guest in just a moment. For now, let me say that ever since he and I worked together in the leadership of my former school, Trinity, in Chicago, we become good friends. I have deep admiration for the ways in which today's guest combines exceptionally strong gifts in business and leadership with profound love for the Lord and his word. I cannot wait to share him with all of you today. But first, let me tell you about what's happening here at Beeson this week. Today, October 6th, begins our fall missions emphasis called Go Global. We're excited to welcome to campus this year's keynote mission speaker, Dr. Jackson Wu. As a missionary in Asia, Wu has become one of the world's leading experts on the subject of honor, shame, and the gospel, and has authored three books and multiple articles on the subject. He will speak on how the cultural lens of honor and shame can aid in biblical interpretation and discipleship. You can find out more uh, about Go Global on our Beeson website, BeesonDivinity.com slash events. Now, Kristen, who do we have on the program today? Welcome, everyone, to the Beeson podcast. We have Mr. Mark Neiman. He is the founder of Neiman Advisors and is the past president and chief executive officer of North Shore University Health System in Chicago. He and his wife, Susan, are members of Christ Church, Lake Forest, Illinois, and we are so pleased to have you on the Beeson Podcast today. Great to be with you as well, Kristen and Doug. We always like to begin um, just getting to know our guest a little bit better. So if you could introduce yourself, where are you from? Um, anything about your story, how you came to faith in Jesus Christ? I grew up in uh, Buffalo, New York, and then my family moved to Columbus, Ohio. So I went to uh, high school and undergraduate and graduate school uh, in Columbus. I grew up in what I would call sort of a quintessential uh, home from parents who came out of the Great Depression and uh, World War II. It was a religious home, and we went to uh, Presbyterian Church pretty faithfully uh, each and every week. But it really wasn't personal to me. One of the things that changed that I, while I was a freshman in college, I started uh, dating this hot blonde chick. And uh, I dated her a couple of times, and then she surprised me by saying she couldn't go out with me anymore because I wasn't a Christian. I'm not sure what exactly my response was. I think I said something like, well, I'm not Jewish, because I kind of thought those were the only two choices. But she said, uh, you know, I just don't think it's personal with you, so would you come to this uh, Bible church with me? And, of course, I said yes. It was a very small Bible church, Riverside Bible Church in Columbus, maybe had 100 people that attended. And the pastor was a, uh, a nuclear physicist by training and an engineer. Uh, but what he really did was teach, uh, teach the Bible. And so through a teaching of the Book of Romans, uh, I came to a personal faith and personal understanding of Jesus Christ. And this uh, pastor, Dr. Crawford, really became uh, not only a mentor, but a role model for me. 
if you're curious, whatever happened to the hot blonde chick, I married her and still married to her, but obviously a leading. Uh, well, that's wonderful. And uh... then to personal faith in Christ uh, through the preaching of Dr. Crawford. We continue to thank Susan for her ministry in your life. Uh, Mark, we want to get around to asking you questions about the difference that your faith makes and the way you've practiced business over the years, the way you do consulting, the way you live your daily life. But I think it would help our listeners if we set that up a bit by just telling them what your career has looked like, telling them uh, what your work at North Shore University Health System looked like. You and I know already you were the head of that organization for many years, but down here in Birmingham, not many people know about what healthcare is like in Chicago. Could you set things up a little bit by talking about your work uh, at North Shore University Health System? And then more recently, tell us about the consulting agency you started. Absolutely. Part of the story is how I got into healthcare in the first place. When I was in undergraduate school, it was a traumatic time in the, in the U.S. There were uh, uh, you know, a lot of uh, protests going on over the Vietnam War, over black power and the movements that were going on that as, well, as well as the feminist uh, movement that was all going on. So there was a lot of turmoil, and I was a, a business major in undergraduate school. Not exactly a cool profession, uh, given the times. When I was in one of my classes, uh, one of the professors said, if I had to do it all over again, I'd go into healthcare administration. That was my calling. It just rang out to me as if, uh, you know, somehow the Lord was saying to me, this uh, is a great profession because it includes business as well as a social ministry in terms of healing and dealing with people. So that's how I got interested in the profession. I went to work uh, in a hospital in Columbus uh, as an orderly and really loved the environment, uh, really loved the people, really loved physicians and uh, what was going on in the care ministry. But it's always had this notion of both uh, being a business as well as in part a ministry. How did I get the North Shore? Uh, again, kind of a similar story. I didn't want to go to North Shore. I didn't want to go to Evanston, Illinois. Uh, my wife and I were just married in the first year, but I had to do a fellowship as part of my graduate training. And the professor who was uh, leading the program said, uh, you're going to Evanston, you're going to North Shore University Health System over my objections. So again, I think you can see the leading of the Lord in my life that uh, even despite myself, he, can, uh, he brings things to pass. As far as healthcare delivery, there's a couple of things that uh, really were important in healthcare. One was developing an integrated model, and by that I mean really making sure that the hospitals and the physicians and all the different categories of physicians are working together as one. You might think of it as sort of the Mayo Clinic model, which is a basically a large physician multi-specialty group practice with uh, some hospitals tacked onto it. And so over the years, North Shore grew from a single hospital into what it is today, five hospitals a 1,000-physician uh, multi-specialty group practice, uh, a research institute and teaching institute, part of the University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine. Uh, but in all of these endeavors and activities, it was really a focus on uh, making sure the care was exceptional and really thinking about innovation and technology that made the healthcare delivery system better and easier to navigate for patients. So pretty early uh, in that development, North Shore became the first health system in the United States to implement the electronic medical record system that we know today. And this was bringing in technology not only to improve quality, but to create things that are now present, such as uh, online uh, appointments and scheduling and getting your lab results and getting your uh, 
prescriptions renewed and doing telemedicine, all the things that are, are pretty prevalent across the country today, uh, began at North Shore back in 2003. So it was just a part of that continuum of thought process and continuum that uh, were important to me in healthcare. And those really continue on today, uh, Dr. Sweeney. They're really Neiman Advisors is a continuation of uh, being engaged in boards and advisors and uh, private equity-based companies and consulting roles, all with this notion of integration in healthcare and bringing technology uh, into that equation to help consumers and help patients uh, achieve their healthcare status more readily. Thank you. That's so helpful. As Dr. Sweeney has already mentioned, we have you on the show to talk about Christian faith at work, and we'd love to hear you share now how being a Christian has made a difference for you in the workplace, how it's given you a perhaps a different perspective on how you view your work and how you use your work as a means for advancing the kingdom of God. There are two things that I would start that uh, conversation with. Number one was my uh, my mentor and role model, uh, Dr. Crawford, that I mentioned uh, back at the Bible Church in Columbus. What uh, Art really put to my mind was this notion of being a Christian businessman, and that is one role. It's not two separate roles. It's not like your Christian life is over here on one side and, and your business life is over the other. No. It was really to be a oneness as you think about your life before the Lord and to conduct business with all of the uh, excitement, enthusiasm, and uh, gifts that the Lord might give you uh, as much as your Christian life. So this notion, my, my North Star, my guiding North Star, was all about this notion of being a Christian businessman and making sure that would be one. Second thought is, uh, you know, how does that really work? For me in practice, it was all about starting with the mind, starting with how it shapes your thinking. How does Christianity shape your thinking? Uh, you know, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so the whole notion of scholarship and the Bible and studying it so that you would create a perspective in making your business decisions that were consistent with your calling and consistent with the pattern that uh, Scripture might reveal, uh, reveal to us. As I think about that then in practice, it's not like in, in any way, shape, or form I ever stood on the corner or preached to the organization of 10,000 people that uh, somehow you had to be a Christian or you were out. It was much more the adoption of uh, sort of the George W. Bush premise that you're president, you're president over everyone, and you need to be able to respond to everyone in that leadership. But I think it also became evident uh, by some of the pushback that I would get that people knew I was a Christian. Uh, they knew I went to church. And for some people, that was a good thing. And for other people, it was a scary thing that I might try to impose some idealistic uh, Christian ideology that would be uh, apprehensible to the people of science or to the people of uh, a different maybe political persuasion or, or other things that they, they might have, in fact, uh, thought about. The real thing that was then motivating to me with these background points was how could I make a difference? And I thought I could make a difference just by being a leader in the business community, but also use the, the gifts and talents and calling that the Lord provided to me in teaching. So I've been engaged with a group of 20, 25 business leaders in doing a Bible study and have done that, in fact, for years. So a little bit of hopefully using my giftedness uh, for teaching and administration uh, to the glory of God, uh, above and beyond what I'm engaged with in the healthcare world. 
Has being a Christian cost you, Mark, at all over the course of your career? Has being somebody with a strong set of Christian ethics and with some limits to the things you're willing to do in the business world uh, been difficult for you at any key junctures over the course of your life? I would start with the, uh, the upside of that, uh, Dr. Sweeney. It's been an enormous blessing. I can't imagine not, not being a Christian, but yes, it has, it has cost me. It, it's cost me in terms of, uh, in some instances, friendships in the business world. It's cost me in some ways with mockery or belittling. There was a phrase that some people, mostly who were upset with me in some way, they would refer to me as Minister Mark. Uh, mm-hmm. That was not a term of endearment. You know, yeah. That was uh, a bit of ridicule. And uh, in, in various kind of like scientific discoveries, uh, you know, you just... You just couldn't bring things up of uh, discussion on how we really think about genomics and and so on uh, and bring the Lord into that equation very easily or very readily. So I think there was some uh, political pushback. I think there was some uh, mockery that was engaged in that. Uh, But in part, there was also times when um, there were other Christians in the organization who would kind of rally to my cause. Hmm. Uh, It was, it was a, it was just enormous. I, I can't quite put into words how encouraging that was to have other Christians come alongside, uh, even in the toughest of times. How do you deal with that in an organization as massive as the one that yours became? You just grin and bear it. You try to show them uh, how to respond lovingly, or are you mixing it up with people in a way that uh, requires you to dig deep uh, into the well that you've got from the Lord, but it, how do you navigate those waters? One of the things that came to me as I thought about uh, leadership, and gosh, there's tons of tons and tons of books written on leadership, but scriptural leadership, biblical leadership, always seemed to me to have an element of humility that was engaged in being an effective leader. And so, unless the situation was a crisis where again, you can, you just need to step in and take leadership that always adding an element of listening and an an element of of humility, especially humility in the sense where you could give others the credit, where you could celebrate whatever was achieved as either a team win or somebody else uh, should get the credit, and a sense of humility that I didn't know it all. And believe me, I still (laughs) don't know it all. Uh, but add that as a Christian dynamic into the conversation and into the being, how you conducted your business, I think always proved uh, helpful. I think it was something that you could reflect. I, know, I noticed even in very professional and leading physicians, physicians sometimes get a bad rap about how arrogant they are. And believe me, you don't want a surgeon who lacks confidence. But that said, the very, very best physicians also had a sense of humility about them. They knew that uh, they needed to to count on others and they knew they didn't uh, necessarily know it all. So could you grow? Could you learn? And could you pass that along to others? So sort of the attributes of trying to handle those, uh, those challenges in the business world. Mark, you've been very active in supporting the work of the local church and ministers of the gospel as a business person. Um, just to name a few, you've served on the Louis Palau International Evangelism Board, the Trinity International University Board, and now you serve on our advisory board at Beeson Divinity School. You were also a founding member of your church, Christ Church in Lake Forest. Why has it been important for you to be active and serve 
serve in these ways on boards of Christian organizations in the local church. And, and we would love to hear about why you have decided to join us here at Beeson and supporting our work at Beeson Divinity School. If you go back to my fundamental pres- premise that my leading or calling is to be that of a Christian businessman and not somehow put a wall between those two concepts, I think you get some, some feel for why I'm interested in also engaging in ministry-based organizations, whether that be the local church, uh, international evangelism, evangelism with Luis, uh, or being involved in uh, Trinity uh, or uh, Sanford University Beeson Divinity School. Because I think there's something that's fundamentally there that can benefit both ways. I am the product of beneficiary of uh, taking classes at uh, Trinity, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. So I'm benefited by that. I think organizations, though, like ministries and churches can benefit by some acknowledgement of business principles. So if you think about it, a divinity school, a university, has all the elements of an organization. It has people. It has finances. It has uh, this notion of a a ministry. Others would call it like a strategy or whatever you're talking about and how to get there. But the business principles in some ways apply to all these organizations, and particularly healthcare, where healthcare is almost always a not-for-profit institution. It is mission-driven, and it has this thing called faculty, faculty physicians. If you think about what's going on at Beeson, it has a a not-for-profit status, it has a mission, a high calling, and it has very important faculty. Well, how do you really get to success equations in that? Well, what do you want to try to measure? What are you trying to do to be successful? And I think some of those business concepts, which can be ignored at the university or uh, divinity school level, have some value. Have some value in in making the organization even more successful as you think about your strategies, uh, where you're trying to get there, and some of the tools or tactics that can be deployed from other industries and other businesses uh, to help the, uh, the divinity school and the university help prosper. So when you think about all of the, the kinds of things that are, are needed, uh, you know, how do you recruit and retain faculty? How do you think about your competitive status? And yes, there's competition even for, for divinity schools. Uh, how does that work and how does that be successful? What's your pricing point? What's your pricing strategy? How does that work? How does your marketing strategy work? Uh, you know, Kristen, that's part of uh, your genius is you're going to answer all those questions. But how do all those business concepts work in a different kind of a context? I think there's a role to pass along some suggestions or recommendations or thought processes. And that's why I'm excited to be a part of the Beeson family. Uh, I've had the privilege of knowing uh, Dr. Sweeney both as a, from a business colleague as well as he was my history professor. He asked way two detailed questions on the multiple choice. They were all trick questions. Um, you know, I did my best to, to weather through all that, but uh, really make a contribution as an advisor to uh, Dr. Sweeney and to, uh, to the Beeson family, if I can, where some of these business principles might be, ho- be helpful. I also want to just end with that, that it's a bit dangerous. I've seen too many people who think they're experts go over the top and superimpose their own beliefs that are just misplaced or not appropriate for the time and place for, uh, for the whole organization. So take that with a little bit of warning that uh, you have to be careful what some of us business people might be suggesting. 
Mark, you've been doing some great coaching for us already. But the next question I have in my notes has to do with the people I have in mind are younger business people, younger professionals who might be listening to this program uh, or might be in the congregations of pastors who are listening to this program who are still struggling to figure out how can I really make a difference for Christ in the secular world, in the business world, in the professions? Uh, if you were going to speak just directly to those sorts of people here, what kind of encouragement would you want to give them uh, as they begin uh, careers where they're trying to honor God? I would start with the notice, the notion that you will make a difference. You will make a difference. Because whatever place uh, or time you're, you're involved with, it's a place that the, the Lord has encouraged you and put you in. And the question is not will you make a difference, it's what kind of a difference that you'll make. And the calling begins, for me anyway, as an individual. Uh, are you faithful in your own walk? Are you a person of, the, of word and prayer? Uh, do you look at the world through the lens of Scripture, or do you look at Scripture through the world view? So, you know, just thinking about being right with the Lord will create those opportunities, sometimes when you least expect it, to be a faithful witness for Christ and to make a difference. And it doesn't make any, it's not if you're a, you know, the CEO of a healthcare organization, uh, or you're a physician, uh, or you're a plumber, or uh, whatever calling that might be, whatever the technicalities of what you do, you're always going to interface with people. And that's our real calling to make a difference, to be a witness for Jesus Christ in whatever circumstance. And to use the skills and training that you have uh, and apply them to all kinds of different organizations or situations uh, voluntarily or, or for compensation for pay, uh, because again, those skills uh, that you develop uh, can make a difference and will make a difference in other people's lives. Mark, that's such an encouraging word, and it, it has been personally just beneficial to me hearing you talk about your your walk with the Lord and how that has made an impact in the way you do business, conduct business, uh, work. We always like to end these podcast conversations, though, with just hearing what God is doing in your life. Um, what is God teaching you through His Word these days? Is there something that, uh, that God is really sharing with you that would further encourage our listeners as we end today's show? Well, a couple of things, Kristen, and uh, thanks for asking. One is it's just been a horrible time uh, between the pandemic and uh, things associated in our country with Black Lives Matter and just the whole environment, the economy, vicious presidential election cycle, all the things that are going on are very difficult. And I think one of the things that has been most challenging for me personally has been uh, being separated from individuals. Uh, I enjoy going to meetings and you know being engaged with individuals, and uh, that's been taken away because of the coronavirus and the pandemic. And I look forward to you know hopefully restoration of that uh, someday in the near future. So part of what's been teaching is to uh, remind us of what we have and how it can be taken away. Uh, so a reminder of uh, the need for fellowship and. Uh, how that can be taken away even by a tiny virus that we can't even see. I think the other thing is that I'm learning or relearning is in part related to family. Having three uh, grandchildren now that uh, come through some tough circumstances and seeing what they're going through uh, with this isolation and the challenges of uh, work, having parents working at home and kids that it gets at home. 
uh, it's just a reminder to keep our eyes open and, and see how we can be of any any of the assistance to people in our family or people in our congregations or people in our work settings, uh, just to keep our eyes open because it, it's it's really tough out there, as you well know. It's very, very challenging. So that's a couple of things that are working on. And then finally, I just say uh, uh, I continue to just be blessed by having a Bible study with 20 wayward guys and just business business guys that uh, come from all different backgrounds and understandings and maturities or are kind of new in the Lord or even some that don't know Christ as their own Savior. Gosh, what an opportunity just to share in the, in the good news and to share God's word with other people. That fellowship is really special, really differentiated, and I thank, uh, I thank the Lord for that opportunity. Wise words from Mark Neiman the founder of Neiman Advisors, and for many years, the president and CEO of North Shore University Health System. Uh, Mark is a member of the advisory board of Beeson Divinity School, a good friend. We are so grateful to you, Mark, for carving out time for us today. Thanks for being with us. Uh, to our listeners, we're grateful to you for joining us. Please continue to pray for us so that we will navigate these uh, COVID-19 days with wisdom. We miss having you around but we're grateful for the technology that enables us to stay in touch with you. Uh, please know we are praying for you. Uh, feel free to drop us a line at any time with input or prayer requests. And until we see you next time, goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes.